It is Saturday the 10th of February 2018 and this is episode 326 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome along to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and Ian is here as well. Hello, Ian. Afternoon, Chris. Yep, Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> you did say that we were never going to do the podcast last week and you were right. <laughs> we never got around to it. So we're doing it now instead. Um, hopefully, not a long one today, so we should all be done and dusted um, within, what do we reckon, bets now? I reckon 33 minutes. I'm going to say 25. <laughs> there we go. Start your clocks. And soon as I'm in charge of the running order, let's go. <laughs> Japanese exchange hackers um, have stolen 400 million in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is the big thing across all news channels and everywhere at the moment. Everywhere. Basically, it's, it's quite an unsettling thing, I think, for the establishment. So all these cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin obviously being the most famous of them all, have taken a, a big growth spurt recently uh, and we're hearing more and more of these stories about um the insecurity of it um in you know, how if if so, if suddenly an exchange gets hacked into like this exchange has been um once these tokens have gone they are by their definition unique and you have no comeback they don't you know if you don't hold on to them uh, then they're not yours anymore um 400 million gone um allegedly and that's the other thing all these stories carry the allegedly and you know because again it only takes one bad uh, exchange um, mechanism for someone just to steal it and take it off you so uh, you know if they're looking after it for you on your behalf there's nothing to say they haven't just shipped your you know your little wallets your virtual wallets out somewhere else um, anyway so that's the latest news in sort of the cryptocurrency world really i don't know if you've got any thoughts on it uh, yeah, buyer beware is is the is the. Mm. I, I, so I I registered for a couple of um, exchanges, but just after Christmas, um, so this is when all the prices were super accelerating. So Bitcoin was yeah. up at around nineteen thousand dollars. It's now just I just checked there, it's at eight thousand. Um, yes. So it took a massive. I, I mean, all the currencies um, have taken uh, a massive uh, drop. And I, I was quite, I must admit, I, was, I, I got really tempted. Um, but it took six and seven weeks to get approved. Um, yes. So, so it's taken a long time to get approved. And um, I imagine they're quite cute at the moment. Yeah. So I've got, I'm, I'm approved in two accounts. And and as I said, a drop. So the one, you know, so I was looking at Ripple uh, as, as one because I thought it was a bit more sensible to invest in because it's, um, Santander invested in it and there's a whole other banking industry people are using it but then I get put off by the amount of articles that said this, this is never going to return cash um, I, I still might have a little flutter uh, and even I've just just looking there ripple through the week um, you know Thursday compared to now is up 40% Mm. It, it's, it's certainly definitely not levelled off I mean the and the only problem with it and, and this is probably where you know buyer beware is again you know that not only is things not settling down and there's people there's people cashing in from the exchange end as well as from uh you know there's just basically criminals are around it's you know it's it's no two ways about it 
Um, so keep an eye out for that. Go with legitimate sources. But also, if you're in for, for a short buck, then I think you might have missed the, the moment. Um, if you're in it for long term, you may still see some sort of return on that. But, you know, it only has as much value as someone puts to it. Uh, and these, it's, it's just extremely volatile at the moment. Uh, and the other thing is it's you can keep, you know, a physical... Uh, your bitcoins with you physically in in your possession on a bit of hardware or whatever you don't have to go with these currencies but then sorry these exchanges but then to own an, a whole bit bitcoin outright is um you know you have to be very rich and you have to be willing to put that money into it yeah and uh, i mean i think another thing is there's, there's some really good articles out there and um that just say you know if you do buy it one of these exchanges then extract it out hold it in your own hardware wallet don't don't rely on the exchange. There's just two. Can you take parts of a Bitcoin out as your own own? So you can own part of a Bitcoin and have it ex- externally. And, and there's, I mean, the, the other thing that I didn't realise is there's there's now around two thousand different cryptocurrencies. So lots of people are investing in all the new ones, but a lot of them are just you know. Yeah, this is what I mean. There's going to be things being set up which are yeah. yeah you know, it's just absolutely. like you know, like me and you setting up a digital box coin. And well, that, that effectively is only computing and cryptographic services, which computers do. So therefore, anyone can set one up. But it's just about there's there's a lot more goes into. It. There was a massive um, headline. I can't remember what it was. It was investigated by um, one of the BBC shows, saying how much energy goes into production of one Bitcoin, and it is it's it's quite a sick amount of energy, just because of the sheer computing power that's that has to be run behind these things. And there's there's, there's another. There's there's another theory that the kind of the, the if you look at the um, consumption of Denmark, that's equivalent to uh, people across the world are currently um, using in cryptocurrencies. Yeah, maybe that was the headline. Yeah, and maybe that's, that was, that's the and thing. that's yeah, why. It's, yeah. So, so I guess that the, the reason it's taking such a downturn over the last sort of three four weeks um, is coming out of China and Korea. You know, lots of lots of threats that will just shut down. You know, a lot of the mine. You know, a lot of the mines that run there, and people are people are basically you know seeing that as a threat and also the banking industry so there's a, a number of established banks have said we're not going to let you you know invest your money in these um coins especially yeah, had, from the credit I side think, i think there was an article through the week that said something like 40 percent of people buying bitcoin right now are using credit cards as a source yeah i think it was barclay card banned anyone from buying Bartley bitcoin and, or and Lloyd as well so you can still use a debit account so if you want to use your own money and you're putting your own money in, fine, but they're saying you're not using credit for it because it's just too volatile. No, because it's, you're going for a quick buck and you know it might not return and therefore we're not taking that risk for you. Which is, yeah, exactly. I th- I'm going to skip down a story in our notes here briefly saying also Facebook has banned uh, cryptocurrency ads. Um, they, they, you know, they're basically saying whilst we accept that there are some legitimate sources out there the adverts we're starting to see on facebook around these services are not necessarily or they haven't been proven to be legitimate and therefore we're not having any adverts on our services right now uh, around cryptocurrency i think it shows you how quick moving it is because at the start of the year zuckerberg had said you know the things we're looking at and the things we want to be you know you know from a technological perspective you know he did talk about cryptocurrency but then just a month later they're saying actually there's 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 too many bad actors you know and i think that's a problem so while there's things like bitcoin and litecoin and ethereum and bitcoin cash and they're all pucker as seen by the you know the 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 majority of people 
there are as I said, I I didn't realise there was a couple of thousand of these things, you know, and still in the establishment's best interest to uh, down, overplay the bad side absolutely. of it and underplay the good and, side of it. The good side of it being that it doesn't it doesn't come with all the you know the the bells and whistles that all the regulation and things adds and you know locks us into these systems. And and also it's, I guess it's like you know I guess it's like you know. The, the current stock markets there's a few big players that own quite a lot of it you know so there's a there's a lot of you know dumping there's a lot of you know one tweet you know can can just dump a price and then people are buying vast amounts and then boosting yeah. up again it's it's I, yes there's a lot of insider potential it, trading it or feels, yes, manipulative trading yeah, yeah it feels more than the stock market that it can be easily manipulated by a few tweets yeah and 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 who knows maybe maybe those players are deliberately releasing these stories just to get that done exactly you know there's all sorts of things will be going on when when money's involved the worst of worst of our nature comes out doesn't it um right we're eight minutes in and that's only one story done so i'm looking good i think i'm gonna i'm gonna lose (laughs) badly strava (laughs) has (laughs) has come into the news recently because where it tracks you and then has things like heat maps and allows you know users to show where they've run around uh, or biked around. It's come into the the news stories because military bases were being beaconed. So supposedly places that don't exist or have highly restricted, um, you know, access to what those bases are and how what how they're constructed. They were showing up in Strava um, as, you know, the, the uh, like members of well, the armed forces, I guess, uh, were just running around and tracking their runs as they went. Uh, also came out that there was where it was supposed to be anonymous data, actually, that you could actually dig into the data a little bit more and you could understand who these people were. So not only could you find bases that shouldn't exist, you could also find people that existed on them. Yeah, and I think that was a bit that was probably slightly more disappointing. Um, I don't think it's any big surprise because so many people have, you know, either... You know, a Strava device, a Fitbit, you know, an Apple Watch, you know, and people like to track the runs and put them online and say, "Here's what I've done." You know, you did hundred percent. You did it last week. I, you know, it was it's, it's eye opening. I do it. All, I mean, I do it all the time yeah, now. And, and there's so many apps. I mean, I used to do Runkeeper and you know, and and post those, and and it was all yeah. good. And um, as I said, the, the disappointing bit was the fact that it looks it looks like it was pretty hidden within Strava to actually say, don't, don't put my details on there. And when you look at the, the, the Strava site and you look at the website, it's fantastic. I mean, you can go, you can zoom in in places, you can see where people are, you know, running around. You can, as I said, it's just that little bit where you can see, actually I can see it's Chris Hutchinson that's been doing this run. And that's, yeah. that's a bit, especially from a military perspective that you can start to tease names it's all out. These little, it's, it's these services that, you know, they start off and it's just an idea and we don't really think the consequences through and, and rightly so we you can't stop doing something just because there is one outcome that's going to be a bad one no. uh, and for the military this one's a bad one uh, i'm sure they'll find a solution to it um i don't think strava is a an evil thing for this i think it's great that people the, the community that's built up around it and you know i'm into this at the moment running's my new thing <laughs> that i think it's great it encourages you it's it turns i think they call it gamification of life don't they that's that's kind of what it ends up being um, and, and I like it personally. And yeah, we're gonna have to, they're gonna have to find a solution to this, and I'm sure they will. They will because it's too popular. You know, what I mean, it's like if, if Strava wasn't doing it, somebody else would just step in. You know, it's well. One of the solutions is tell military people they can't use, use Strava, which I'm guessing it's 
probably sensible that they don't and, when they're running and, around their base. And, and certainly there'll be there'll be that kind of guidance has gone out, you know, to yeah. say don't don't do this, don't do that, don't share it. You know, track it by all means, track it, don't share it. And I'm sure that what will come out of this with Strava will have a much more upfront and easy thing that says what you're sharing and how it's sharing. Um, I think th- there was a, there's a few moans that it's too complicated, and I think they're they're probably right. It's not necessarily clear exactly what you are sharing and how it's working. Yeah, and I think they've already said they're going to make it more in your face about what you're doing without trying to actually you know break the the concept of the app. And I don't think they will because I think the majority of people are fairly comfortable with what they are doing with the app. Yeah. Ultrafast Broadband coming to 3 million homes by 2020. BT Openreach has announced starting off uh, in Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Leeds, Liverpool, London and Manchester. They're going to be the first phase. This is fibre to the premises rather than uh, fibre to the cabinet. Um, going to be investing quite a lot of money. So that's good for those locations. It is, but it's still too slow. This is, so this is going from 24 to 100 um megabits and that's by t- you're just you're just relentlessly insatiable on your it's just not it's just not enough and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, there's more data on the internet that i want than that yeah well it's just it's just you know so that might feel fast to people now but it's, it's two and a half years away you know and but as soon as you have a fiber to the premises like they had with you know when we first started off with broadband it was 500k it down the same lines yep. That in a few years' time turned into ten megabit lines, you know. Yeah, no, and and, and I get that because Virgin have done the same, so they can obviously they've turned it up, and it was fifty, then a hundred, and it's now two hundred, and it's now going to three hundred, and uh, yeah, and they, I'm sure that comes from some efficiencies and upgrades in their network, but also they just work out how to use the technology. So as soon as you get the fiber to a premises, then suddenly I think we'll see that accelerating. So I. You know, is it? I, I think you've put the note in too little, too late here, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure of either. I'd, I like to see this, although two, uh, 2020, it's not so far away now. It's you know, it's one of those dates that used to sound a long way away, and actually, it's not anymore. It's a long way away. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, EE Shoebox is going to tackle 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 a broadband not spot. So. They have EA have come out and said we've got an antenna here and it's about the size of a shoebox and that is going to give you connection to the internet uh, up to 100 megabits per second um, and it's already helping in some locations. Yeah, so um, this this I think gives quite a good speed, you know, for the, the the places that don't have broadband. I think it's a good option. I think the only challenge is probably cost, and it mentions that further down the article. So you can get. Um, you know, you can get you know 100 megabits per second, and it's really good. And um, but it just becomes quite expensive. Um, I know that some it's communities have come together to buy these things yeah. and share out that speed between themselves. They almost create their own village network, if yeah. you like. That they which, that which they makes do. sense. Yeah, and 100 megabits per sec- second is a reasonable amount to do that in a village. And as long as someone's you don't have your village. Um, you know, streaming hog, basically, who would then steal all that bandwidth. That's, that's the only thing. But when, you, when you've got nothing, it's, you know, at least this gives a, a solution. And it's more reasonable solution than running a wire to, um, you know, well, a, it's a quicker solution for sure than running a wire to all these remote locations. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's some examples there, you know, that so Ofcom still say that, that decent broadband is 10 megabits per second. But that's that, that's kind of speed it takes 90 minutes to get a high def film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, again, 
bit like um, I used to talk about before before high speed <laughs> came to my village. I was endlessly bemoaning how there was the haves and have nots. As soon as you get it, you forget yeah, yeah. that actually you're in the you know the privileged position. Yep. You know, like towns and cities are kind of oblivious to the fact that as soon as you move out into the sticks, suddenly things drop off quite dramatically. And actually, when you get to a place uh, like my parents' house, used to be a place with only an unreliable nine meg per second or whatever yeah yeah you suddenly realize what you now have yes, <laughs> you did, no, all totally. the things you rely on i i i moan about you know the you know every second weekend and this my virgin connection drop at the moment uh, and then one of the chaps from down south that i talked to frequently he's like hey, i'm getting four at the moment yeah and it's like ouch as you say it's an yeah. unreliable four it's not that's it so when you when you can't even watch iplayer and you think my gosh that's you know, yeah. how long have I been watching iPlayer without, you know, <laughs> yeah. thinking about it anymore? Yep. Um, big one. eBay dropped PayPal as their first choice, first choice of payments. This is, this is kind of a massive drop because um, <laughs> they basically came hand in hand. They've, they've formed this partnership over a long period of time. Well, you, but you, they, you see it. Yes, it was. It was started. They spawned it off, didn't they? Yeah, then yeah. it sort of came back in as a preferred partner. Um they would they spun it off to see whether it could survive on its own it kind of has done it seems to still be doing okay but i think it's they've just now been you know the, the cost of ebay exchange is quite high when the user sells an item and i'm guessing they're getting a better deal with a new company they've gone with um adian yeah which i seems I, to be running their new service i i had never heard of but but similarly the the um they do a lot of the kind of back-end systems for like Uber and Netflix and EasyJet and others. So, so they've got, they've got you know, track record for doing big systems integration. And the, the, the other thing is you're going to be able to do that payment through actual, actually in eBay. So you're not going to be sent off to do, yeah. to go PayPal to go and do your payment. Um, so, yeah, I imagine they will hopefully be, be able to pass on some of those savings to users who won't have to pay so much when they do sell on a commission. Um, and I'm guessing they've just had discussions with PayPal and PayPal have said we're not lowering our costs. Yeah, and and, and I mean, the, the statement the statement from eBay was quite, as you say, this has probably been been going on for, you know, months, years, you know, the negotiations. But um, eBay said that the operating agreement with PayPal has not been extended and it will not be extended. <laughs> mm. So clearly... They just can't come to that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's still plenty of time. I mean, it's like it's... Um, You've still, 2023 yes you've still got another five years so it's a fairly slow transition um but yeah adian which or adian i don't know how you pronounce it but um you know adian will do yeah 2013 they did 14 billions worth of transactions but um 2015 so just one year later it's 50 billion so, so they're the golden boys of uh, yeah, boys and girls of yeah. the transaction industry so um yep. so yeah, um, yeah big changes to you um, to ePal? To, to, ePal. To, to eBay. <laughs> exactly, not ePal anymore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pal, off you go. <laughs> Intel made smart glass that looks normal. So uh -huh. this is, so thinking along the lines of Google Glass and things like that, where you had a little camera and you had like a little screen almost that was projected on in front of your eye. This is glass that is projecting a screen back into your retina, which sounds awfully sci-fi yeah so, um, so lasers. but basically means you it just means that the glass looks normal like like you're wearing a normal pair of glasses yeah and they've actually remember google glass had the kind of had lots, lots of kind of chunky kit yeah big bulky side arms. it just looks like normal arms and um so yeah it's it's um it's um basically 
um, lasers um, pointing at your retina. And, uh, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, the the the, the Verge did a really good article on it. Um, the the um, the journalist who was trying it um, said it felt a lot more natural. He did also he did also say you don't have to do anything really strange to like you know do gestures. But when I saw his eye movement, it's like no, that looks strange. Yeah, you do look strange. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you know walking down your street and all of a sudden your eyes up to the right to do something. It's like no, that's that doesn't look good. But um. But by not having a camera and not doing sort of things like like that, it does seem that it, they've maybe cracked some of the. It's a heads up display, isn't it? So it's heads up display. It's giving you some extra information, and I think so if... they're saying we're not snooping on you. Yeah. We're just giving you extra information. So if you were doing your own personal navigation, you could actually have that as a display. If you were trying to work your way around a city without having to have your phone out constantly looking at directions, which I have to do quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's, it seems a more sensible thing to do. Yeah, I think if you're a glasses wearer already, you know it's, it's got potential, and, and and you need to be fitted for these because it's because it's you know it's it's tailored to your retina. So there's a it's basically Predator and um and Robocop in it. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, have that readout. I'd I'd, Kill. I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> murder. I don't mind them at all, but then I, no, I like it. There, there will be a there'll be a black mirror talking about about how the, uh, you know the the. They're hacked and everybody turns into you know like you know the the, the laser. The, what was it? The what was that? There was a children's program, something about school, the Mad Headmaster or something. Anyway, they they did. It was something about people get hypnotized by well, the bit, things going the, into you know, their eyes. Imagine if you get hacked and subliminal messages getting played in there yeah. that you didn't know. You know, it was just like murder, death, kill. And it's going to start advertising stuff. That's definitely going to cause a lot of kerfuffle. Oh. Right, we've got four minutes to finish this. It's not going to happen. Um, Laurie Love. Um, the this was the I think he, is he autistic? He was the person he, he broke into uh, NASA, the central bank, the FBI, he's, and various he's got other. Asperger's, bi- so as, yeah, okay, so yeah, on the autistic spectrum, and he's it, basically broke into all these systems and took a lot of data away. Um, the American justice system didn't like it and wanted UK to extradite him to the US to get trialed. Um, and there's been a whole big campaign to to say this guy is not who you think he is he you know he, this is this was a sport for him it wasn't for the actual he wasn't trying to be a criminal uh, and he's also suffering from depression if you extradite him he is at high risk of suicide uh, and basically it looks like he has won his case and they have agreed in the UK that, that yes he is at, uh, at very high risk of um, suicide and therefore they will not extradite him to the US and he will be tried, he tried here I guess yeah uh, so yes, of fourteen days, um, so to to appeal, and so far they haven't. Um, I'd like to think that they don't because it's. Um, but that, I mean, this was only five days ago, so there's still a still another yeah. ten days for this to. You know, it could all end up back in court again, and who knows where it'll go. Um, it it feels it's a real difficult one because it's. Um, you know, by the letter of the law, he's. You know, he's broken the law, but at the same time, there's. I do believe there's. It's one of those things from an outside point of view, when you read the story, you think there's, you know, the 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 acceptable responses. Yeah, he, you know, be tried as a criminal, but be tried here. Don't, yeah. let's not take it any further than that. Yes. Um, and also understand that, you know, this wasn't an act of a criminal necessarily. It no. was an act of a, a, an enthusiast. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's been talked about. It's almost like, as you said, you know, a bit of me almost thinks like kleptomaniac, you know, just wants to collect things. 
not necessarily do anything with it, but just look what I've done, look what I've been able to do, almost like a kind of proven thing. But a tough one when the crimes are that yeah. kind of severe in that, you know, he was, what's more worrying is he was very successful at it. I mean, he's one of those kind of people that really you want to give a job uh, doing this professionally. That's kind of where it, where you think it might end up. Twitter's made a profit uh, for the first time, so a quarterly profit. Wow. Um, which for, at one point wasn't looking... Uh, like it was ever going to happen but they have done it do we do we know why they've made the profit um well they're making less losses so they've laid people off and they've you know streamlined the business a bit and they're actually getting um the sort of video ad sales so i think this is a focus a bit more on video and a focus a bit more on design of the platform um and even despite all the all the stuff around you know it's a hate platform and you know not taking action around you know well, we've covered it so many times before, yeah, but yeah, well, that even, even though they've not done much on that, it's it's and I'm and I'm quite pleased because I still I still genuinely like Twitter overall as a platform. It does things that other platforms can't at the moment. Interesting. They've also focused quite a lot on trying to get rid of bad accounts and that, you know accounts yeah. that have just been set up um, by bots or whatever. So they're doing work to actually tidy down accounts, which makes their figures look worse. Yeah. In that it shows, you know, user um, user levels are a lot lower than they were previously advertising. But but interestingly, now that they're making money, I guess advertisers don't really care about end numbers that they're reaching if those people aren't ever going to buy anything. So if you can tell an advertiser that the people you're reaching are actual people, uh, suddenly it becomes more useful. And maybe that has also helped. So suddenly by not having a massive headline rate of the users, actually we've got real people here rather than people who don't actually exist. Um, so maybe that's also having an impact. Yeah, I think it's also that, you know, if you can reach people that you can actually, you know, they're, they're I, either will watch an advert or listen to an advert or they can be influenced by it you know, and, and have money to spend. You know, again, that's what it... If you hit the right people at the right place, I mean, yeah. that's why Facebook's done so well recently is because how how targeted you can be it to, to a spooky level almost to a level where people are starting to get a bit uneasy about it but yes you can physically pick out exactly who you want to show adverts to on real really good metrics and maybe twitter are going to focus in on that and i, and I guess you know the facebook have won certainly from the political side of things because you can tailor it down to i want this advert to be seen by you know these people only yep really locally yeah Apple source got leaked um, onto GitHub uh, not that long ago. It was from iOS 9, so uh, we're on an iOS 11 now, I think, so from a little way back, but it was the boot partition area, so the kind of startup and security area that actually got put up on GitHub and it actually got taken down. Um, they they had a you know a cease and desist order put on, on GitHub. Um, there, there are pains to point out that you know, although they wouldn't choose to have their source code out there, the actual security um, of, of this being out there, the security comes from the, the software in combination with the hardware. So it's not like they've given away any secrets. They're saying really the software is no secret other than we don't want to, you know, we wouldn't volunteer it out there. Um, but it's actually the combination of software and hardware which gives you the security. And therefore, even by having the software out in the wild, it's not really any different. Yes, the, the weird thing about this, and I, I should have linked it, but the um, it's actually an internet linked to, you know, so it wasn't, and that's a surprising thing. So it's, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not somebody, you know, and maybe it's not a surprise, not somebody senior, but I wouldn't have thought an intern would have been able to get hands on it and also 
you know, leak it with such ease now? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you at the end of the day, it's software that people have got to work on, and therefore you've got to. Once you're inside the organisation, if you, if if that Intel intern was Intel, if that intern was working on something to do with the code, you've got to let them have access to it. Mm. It takes a, it takes a sort of person, you know, they just a bit of glory seeking there, I guess. But 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 equally, you can reverse engineer software. It's not, you know, it's not always easy. No, but um, it's, but it's also the fact. So so yes, being shared in, in GitHub and you know there's an embarrassment there and a security issue there. But it's the you know how do you, and I guess we don't know who has maybe leaked it to a security company, you know, or an FBI or you know yeah, KGB yeah. So what else has or, been? Or, yeah, sure. You know, so so. <laughs> so yeah, has a has an FBI intern there gone and got all the things so they can yeah. look for attack vectors yeah. or you know or any or anyone like a rival organization? Because you go back to when Snowden said all the things that he, he said. A lot of people, including myself, I'd looked at it and thought, "What a lot of rubbish." There's no way that happens, but it's like it's true. You know, yeah, and, well, and why not? It's quite an easy thing for them to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, embarrassing for Apple. Um, hopefully, not a massive security risk because it, it is from you know a couple of years ago, but I'm sure there is still a significant portion of code getting used. There, there was, you can be sure that the, the wrong eyes are looking at it in, in the wrong ways. You know, that, that thing you can be sure of that they would have grabbed it and they will now be looking at the wrong different eyes. things they can try. Yeah. I like that. You, you know, the wrong eyes are looking at this. There you go. That is the podcast. So twenty-eight minutes of news. So I'm. Am I a bit closer? Well, yeah. I'm. We're not at the end yet, and I'm rabbiting on, so I'm pushing myself further away. I, I did have one question for you. <laughs> is it a really long one? What's the meaning of life, <laughs> universe, and everything? <laughs> so HomePod came out yesterday, and uh, okay. it's been reviewed yeah. this week. And I was just, I was just interested because you've got other smart speakers. Yes, I have um, my Google Home next to me in here, and I have Alexa in two rooms in my house. And is there anything about the HomePod that interests you in any way whatsoever? No. There you go. Not at those prices. I don't use Apple Music. Um, I don't have Spotify as a streaming service, and the Google Home that's in here doesn't really get used. Uh, unless I, I generally forget it's there. Alexa I use a lot more because it's in two rooms, that, and I, I ask it the time regularly. Uh, I set wake up time and things like that, so they get used a lot more. Yeah, and I'm the same. So I've just I've just got the Echo, and it does work. It does work well for me. Um, and again, HomePod, I've got no real interest. Um, I've got some Sonos devices around the house, and they're good enough. So you've already done that side of things. Yeah, yeah. good enough. And, um, and and I have to say, the only thing that I'm interested in is maybe getting another um, um, Echo for the kitchen. Then I when I do my audio everywhere. Yeah, I can pretty much hear it wherever I go. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've been wanting if they start doing some smart things because obviously some smarts in the HomePod round it. You know, you move its position and it kind of it just does all the thing itself and works out you know where it is and changes its sound and it's obviously Allegedly. really smart. Well, the reviews are saying it just sounds amazing. So it's and I'm, but but Google released one of those as well. Exactly. Right? So good old Google Max is it? I can't. I don't know. I can't. I guess <laughs> they, Google I've Home not even Max. looked. And um, and it's whether they start to do smarter things like you know if I walk into like it's... open it up so that other services can hook in and actually use it. Want, it's Apple. The, um, <laughs> but it's whether they'll do smarter things like you know if I walked in and my phone's there or it knows it's I'm there it starts to you know does it move audio around different devices? There's there's opportunities uh, to do that, but definitely opportunities. I think Apple with small steps as usually are. In as as always in three or four editions time, it will probably be a really smart choice. 
um, as long as you're in the Apple Empire. And that's the only thing. And even that generally changes over time and they loosen their grip a little bit. So three or four generations of time, it's just a lot of money up front to, to get a speaker that's not going to be as good as you could get and have more versatility. You know, even just a nice speaker that you could hook your phone into is, a, is just as good an option, really. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, at, the, at this point, feel free to wrap the podcast up, Chris. Because we're now closer to you than we are to me. I, <laughs> I'm i going to say that, yes, if you enjoyed our podcast, or even if you didn't, or even if you were a bit mediocre towards it, you know, give or take. Come and have a look what we do, digitaloutbox.com. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address, and Twitter is digitaloutbox as well. If you want to find out more about me and what I do, you can follow me on Twitter, although why would you bother? Cheesy UK. It's a long time since I tweeted. Uh, and my blog is academyracer.co.uk. That's all about my racing side of things. That is car racing. Um, should probably start putting running in there as well. Uh, I, I think knows? so. I, and I'm still waiting to see the like, the kind of, you know, the run times automatically tweeted onto Twitter. Yeah. Come on. I've, I've got my automatic tracking that I did for the race, so maybe yeah. I can start doing all that kind of stuff. Mm. Anyway, half marathon is next. That's my trick. What are we do? What are you doing? And where are you? Uh, I'm doing nothing. Uh, my blog's my blog's <laughs> and I'm on Twitter as sweeper. So if you want to find out lots about nothing, you can go there. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you again shortly. Goodbye. Bye.